Hi, this is presenter Kate O'Halloran, and this is the podcast of Kick Like a Girl, a weekly radio show that airs on Triple R during the AFLW season. Kick Like a Girl dissects the week in AFLW with stars and fans of the game and focuses not just on the action on field, but the politics off it. We hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via Kick Like a Girl's Facebook page, Twitter or website. Before we get stuck in, I just want to say a big welcome to returning co-host from last season, comedian and one-eyed Geelong supporter, Kirstie Mack. Hey, Kate. It's good to be on the show this week. Hello, Triple R listeners. Hello, hello. Welcome. Thanks for coming back. I'm surprised you did after that (laughs) train wreck Darcy Vessio interview we did last year. I thought it was excellent. (laughs) No, it was was bloody awesome. Uh, Now, we have um, a very special guest on the phone, so before we uh, get carried away, we should really say hello, shouldn't we, to... Geelong Cats women's captain Mel Hickey. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hey, you are a Triple R regular, Mel, aren't you? I am now. I'm part of the furniture. You sure are. You, <laughs> did you used to do the AFLW segment on breakfasts? I did. I had the pleasure of joining the crew um, in the mornings on a Friday, which was a, a bit of fun. Yeah, well, I've got that slot now, so thanks for handing that back. <laughs> That's a bit early for me. Yeah, I'm down in Geelong now, too, so it's, it's a little bit extra inconvenient too. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Now, can you clear up something for us? Is Geraldine actually your cousin? Do you know what? We don't actually know. We think we are. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we, there's, a, there's a red um, hickey book um, with all the kind of names floating around somewhere. My mum can't seem to locate it and Geraldine can't find her. So we reckon we must be in there together somewhere. <laughs> I knew there was something <laughs> sus going on about this. I <laughs> I'm not quite sure how you don't know, but anyway, all good, all good. Uh, Now, just with the weekend, let's start with the easy one. Um, The team obviously had a few losses to start the season, um, but now you've had a couple of wins. I mean, I know they were, you know, small losses and, you know, you played the undefeated Frio, the Lions, and had that kind of heartbreaker against the Crows, but what do you think's turned around in the last couple of weeks? Oh, I don't think anything's turned around, to be honest. I think we knew we'd been playing some, some really good footy and, and probably hadn't really been able to consistently put together a, a four-quarter performance. I think that game against Adelaide um, was probably one of the, the stranger losses I've ever felt because I, mm. I kind of walked off feeling, you know, really proud of the group and um, in some ways, you know, really happy with where we were. Um, and we just kind of got together as a, a group after that game, just players only, and sort of said that's the benchmark now. We're, we're mm. not to drop below that. So, um and that's been really pleasing to see. Um, you know, we've been able to, you know, obviously Richmond and, and Gold Coast being first-year teams, um, I guess, yeah, you, you, we had some expectation that we would win both those games. But, mm. again, just to, to keep carrying on the, the brand of football that we've been playing, um, that's probably been the most pleasing thing. Yeah, and uh, look, you must be impressed by the skills of the younger brigade as well. I know we hear a lot about, you know, Matty Prasparkas. Now we've got Georgia Patrikios really dominating this season. But what about Nina Morrison? I mean, on the weekend she had 23 disposals, 14 contested possessions and eight tackles. How impressive is this younger uh, generation? Oh, I've been impressed with Nina Morrison for about 18 months. Yeah. No surprise to me. You know, we've got so many of those girls in our team um, and just, I'm just so happy for Liv, uh, for Nina. Sorry, she's she's worked so hard with her, her knee rehab, and she had to kind of sit back and watch all her friends and all her teammates last year. You know, play out the rest of the season, and we got to play in round one. And um, she just has worked so so hard. And yeah, I knew I knew that this this form would come. And I think you know we're only just starting to see you know the the tip of the iceberg with Nina. So um, yeah. there's, there's a heck of a lot more to come. 
um, in my opinion. Indeed. Now I've got one more question before before I'm going to unleash um, Kirsty on you. But um, that's not true. Now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm asking the sensible ones for once. Um, just uh, something about the expansion teams, because I think the Suns have been incredibly impressive in their first season. Um, and just wondering what you're making of the expansion so far. I mean, I know there was a bit of talk of, you know, people saying that four teams at once was too many. But I, I think the Suns, at least, and the Saints um, in particular, really impressed this year. What have you made of the expansion? Oh, I think it's been really good. I mean, you're obviously always going to be up against it, um, particularly now with, with some teams now having been in the comp for, for four years and having a real core group. Um, you know, playing a particular brand of football together for such a long period of time. So you're always going to have, you know, that already against you. Um, mm. But yes, and Kilda have been really impressive. I was watching them against Freo last week and obviously really well coached by Peter Searle. Yeah. They obviously went with quite a different um, strategy with their list management to, to Richmond. Um, you know, West Coast um, have been, you know, up, up and down a little bit, but yeah. um, they would have been so happy to get their first win. It just kind of gets that monkey off the back and Releases that releases that press, pressure valve a little bit on on the side, especially when you're a new team to to get your first win. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think they've been great, and, and Gold Coast have been super competitive. Mm, exactly. Now uh, we've got the one-eyed Geelong fan who grew up in Geelong in the studio, so she's she's pre-prepared some questions. I don't take any responsibility for anything she asks, so I'm going to hand over to Kirsty. Right? Yeah, that's completely not true, Mel. Hi, um, I am a one, one-eyed Geelong supporter. I grew up in Geelong. You mentioned before that you've moved down to Geelong. When did you move down? Um, just before pre-season, actually. So I, I kind of did that first. First pre-season um, and then the winter as well, kind of coming up and back and staying a few nights a week and um, just felt like it was time to, to move down here properly. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a nice, I'm a country girl originally from Mildura, so yeah. it's a, a nice in-between between a, a city and a country town. So I'm really enjoying that so far. Yeah, uh, Geelong's a great place. Um, so being down in Geelong then, I guess because it's such a one-eyed, one-town uh, one game, one one team town. I'm imagining maybe you get noticed a little bit more around town. No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> <laughs> what um, right. do you head out for uh, brunch or, or uh, all of that kind of stuff with the men's team? Oh, not so much with the men's team, but with um, definitely with some of my teammates. Most days I'm out getting a coffee somewhere in Geelong. There's some really good cafes down here. Yeah. Um, we're pretty, pretty lucky. Yeah, awesome. And um, so you're the captain down there at Geelong. That's um, a pretty amazing thing. It must feel good to run onto the Oval with your great-grandfather's uncle's name on the stand being Reg Hickey. Yeah, it's a random connection. My grandfather's cousin was Reg. So, um, yes, it's, it's pretty amazing. And, um, you know, I think... Obviously, last year being the first, I had a lot of those sort of first experiences, and and now it's it's kind of nice for it to feel like um, a little bit almost more normal, which is um which is kind of cool, and it's it's probably been one of the more rewarding roles I've ever played um, in my career. You know, being being the captain down here, and I just love working with my young teammates, and you know, we've obviously got a really good core group of um, girls that played a lot of VFL football together, and um, yeah, it's just an awesome bunch of girls. So I feel very privileged to to get to lead them. Yeah, I agree. It's an awesome, awesome bunch of girls down there. But playing for Geelong, um, I guess, you know, play, playing for the Hoops is a pretty pretty big thing um, to be playing for a team that your family's so connected to. And I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, growing up and playing footy. Um, what, what, How did you kind of end up here playing for the AFLW? And tell us a little bit about your local club and being inspired by footy early on. Yeah, well, so, uh, as I said, I grew up in Mordura, so there really wasn't the, the done thing for girls to play footy back then, so I, <laughs> I played, um, 
And I kind of went to sport in primary school. I, I chose football because I got to play netball on the weekend. So I was the only girl that played with the boys in Hong Kong. I was absolutely obsessed with football for a period there. And then, obviously, yeah, the, the opportunities were pretty few and far between after that. We got to play a little bit um, in high school against the other high schools. We'd get that sort of one game a year where us girls would train at lunch times and um, absolutely love it. But, um, yeah, netball was kind of my main sport growing up and eventually moved to Melbourne for uni. And it wasn't until I was 24 that I, I found um, the Darabin Falcons yep. um, through, through Daisy Pierce. So went down there and, and Peter Searle was coaching at the time. And, um, yeah, I guess I just found myself across the years getting more and more opportunities to play for my state and um, then the exhibition games Melbourne picked me up and um, and then as AFLW came around yeah I, I was named as a marquee player with Daisy as well so it's been a pretty um, yeah pretty amazing football um, journey when I look back and, yeah. and then the opportunity um, Geelong approached me sort of towards the end of um, gosh what year was that now 2018 <laughs> season and um, yeah, they, they asked whether I wanted to come across, and it, it just felt like, you know, a dream fairy tale to, to end my football career down here. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. Sto- I'm stoked at Geelong. But um, at Daisy, let's go back to Daisy Pierce. It's great to see her this year back playing after having some kids. Um, how do you know Daisy? Like, how did you know Daisy before Darabin? Uh, I was um, I was living out near Eltham, and, and her mum owned a cafe um, that I used to go into, and um, she was the waitress. And I don't know, we must have got chatting, and I think I'd seen her play. Um, I don't know if you remember. I think there was some of those kind of EJ Witten games. I think she was mm. in that. And I just kind yep. of knew who she was from there, and we must have got chatting about footy. And she went and come down to pre-season. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Obviously, been friends with her for, for many years, and she's an um, incredible. Um, football and obviously an even better person so so thrilled for her to come back and as I expected just slotted straight back in um, picking off inset marks across half back as she does yep oh mate she's so good uh, but actually when we had Darcy Vessio on last time uh, she was also mentioning that she got into football kind of through the same way they were um, her and Meg were both tennis collect what do you call them tennis ball grabbers yeah <laughs> Ball kids. Ball kids. I think they were the managers of the ball kids or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So it seems like a bit of a common thread, mates getting mates into footy. Yes. Well, I think Daisy's, yeah, maybe she's the, the recruitment manager down there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think she got Libby Birch and yeah, a few of the other girls. Mm, um, yeah, awesome. And it must have been um, quite uh, the experience playing for a, you know, grassroots club with Darabin as well, Mel. I guess the land sh- the landscape's changed quite a bit now with the introduction of AFLW and just all the, um, you know, co-branded VFLW teams. But it just seems like it's such a strong, rich history, the Falcons. And we still, yeah, like a lot of the players we get on here tend to be Falcons. And I just think, yeah, it's like yeah, almost uh, like an uh, upbringing as well as footy, you know. <laughs> oh, for sure. I think thank my lucky stars, you know, that... that the club that I landed at, I have no doubt, you know, I, I wouldn't be here today if, if it weren't for that club and the opportunities and the culture and the people that I was surrounded with, um, you know, it, it's made me the footballer and um, athlete and, and person I am today to, you know, it was just, looking back, the, the team that I got to play with is just, you know, I, I'll never get to play in a team that good. <laughs> yeah. It was phenomenal and, um, yeah, again, just ahead of our time, I think, with our culture yeah. and the way we used to train and our professionalism and the expectations and, you know, I guess in a lot of ways I've, I've tried to kind of bring that culture to, to Geelong and, um, you know, it's great having Astro Connor and, and Meg McDonald down here mm, yeah. in that environment as well. So, um, 
yeah, I, I'm very privileged, and sometimes you know you do miss the, the simple old days of just <laughs> you know, <laughs> of um, Darabin footy, but. Um, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people got to play there. I feel very grateful for that experience. Yeah. Well, you're a great um, leader, Mel, and you know I'm just so stoked that you're our captain. But I wanted to ask you about um, the feed coming through Geelong as well. I know <clears throat> down in Geelong, St Joseph's Football Club had a feed kind of going into the into the Falcons and Sacred Heart. Now are kind of taking that on for the women. Um, how many like how many kids are you seeing come through? Like, have you been down to Sacred Heart and had a talk to the kids, or how's that kind of feeding through? Uh, so I've done some work with the cats. So we've got a next generation academy. Um, I've done some work with our under fourteen and under sixteen academies um, throughout the winter. And um, yeah, they obviously come from from all the local clubs down here. Um, they're talent ID'd, and a lot of those girls are now in the, the Geelong Falcons um, squad this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's an amazing. Um, yeah, breeding ground for footballers. As yeah. Seen across um, time with the men's, I think we'll see it with with girls and, and women's football. And um, I'm hoping to get down to a Geelong Falcons game soon, actually, because yeah, there's a few of those girls running around, um, and they're just their skills are phenomenal. Like we were talking about earlier with Nina Morrison. Yeah, you know, they're just they're amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like you and Nina are pretty close, hey? Uh, yeah, I think she's just. Like I said, obviously having a connection of the of a knee injury and yeah, um, you know, in a very small way, I got to support her throughout throughout her journey. And um, but she's just such a, a dedicated athlete. You could just see she came in and didn't miss one session, trying to high intensity every single time. And um, yeah, she's just impressive. She she inspires me. You're listening to a Triple R podcast. Discover more podcasts from Triple R, exploring science, technology, food, books, social issues, politics, and more. To listen, hit up the Triple R website or your favourite podcast platform. Obviously, just throwing it forward a bit, um, it was a massive weekend for women's sport. Uh, we had the cricket yesterday, 86,000 turned up to the MCG. Um, just what an impressive achievement that was, and I think it meant a lot for women's sport beyond just cricket. And I'm wondering if, you know, would you like to see a similar sort of concerted campaign from the AFL? I know that, you know, fill the G was really something we've been hearing about for about a year and a half now in cricket. And, yeah, do you think there are some lessons we could take um, for AFLW? Yeah, for sure. I guess I've not really thought about, um, you know, how how much work they'd put into building this up and... um, you know, even just using other female athletes to promote it and yeah. other sports. I think um, they obviously had a really targeted campaign to do that. Um, and I, I was I was too lazy to go up to Melbourne, to <laughs> but I watched it from from home on my TV and I had tears in my eyes after the game when you you know yeah you just see how much it meant to the players and yeah. how much of a, a significant occasion it was. So um, yeah, how amazing would that be to fuel the G? Yeah. Um, AFLW Grand Final, maybe 2021, that could be start, start promoting it now. It can be done. I think it can be done. I think, you know, it's not that much of a stretch, I don't think. I think there's been huge crowds. Well, 2019, I know that the Cats got about 60,000, 70,000 people in attendance throughout the home games. Well, and we had 53,000 at Adelaide Oval last year, so it's not that much of a stretch. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I just think it shows, you know, the, the power of promotion and, yep. and how yeah. much that does. Yeah, it is needed. For sure. And um, I just wanted to ask quickly as well, I guess um, we had a bit of a protracted um, CBA negotiation process uh, last year in the off-season that wasn't always smooth. Um, but what 
you know, I guess you're one of the older players now, Mel. Sorry to say that, but <laughs> what no, are you? That's a, that's a cruel reality. <laughs> <laughs> I bet all the players give it to you all the time. Um, what would you like to see going forward shift in terms of the conditions and and just the professionalisation of the comp? Oh, it's so hard to to kind of put it on one thing. I think um, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously. The girls that represented us um, did so well in, in those negotiations and mm. really helped with prioritising what was needed and um, work with the PA and the AFL to kind of work through some of those things. So, yeah, I think the the study that they were able to um, negotiate is going to be really helpful mm. um, hopefully getting some, some findings that, that will help us. Um, I guess what kind of came out of the recent captain's catch-up um, at the season launch was, you know, just around... Um, our medical services and access yeah. to that throughout the year and maybe the, the standard of that being consistent across the, the league. Mm, yeah. And even with, like, our strength and conditioning coaches and, and access to that sort of stuff. I think, you know, we, we do have great access, but um, I think when we look at it in terms of equality, it's probably not quite there yet. And, yeah. you know, maybe there's percentage of that that has a flow-on effect to injuries and, and things like that. And um, yeah. yeah, so... Yeah, there's a bit of work to do on different things. And, you know, we've had the PA come out to us recently and we were able to have a really good discussion with them about some of those things. So um, I think some of the learnings from the CBA negotiations were that we, we probably need to have those kind of catch-ups more regularly. Mm. Maybe some assumptions were made that weren't, um, yeah, weren't necessarily based off, off things. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's good to have the dialogue now and I feel like it's a bit more open Um between us yeah yeah I wonder what kind of support's going on in local clubs as well because we talk a lot about how um, people like yourself in leadership positions and you know are inspiring young girls to come through and and they've got someone to look to and and you know they've got representation but we're also you know there's a whole heap of women in their 30s and 40s and beyond who have just decided that they'd like to start playing footy and I'm wondering what kind of support things are in there for for you know growing things more at a local level um just a thought, but yeah. Um, so yeah, have I you, I mean, I mean, women don't really, I imagine women are kind of, you know, coming up to you and saying that you're my hero and stuff. And it's something that, that women don't really do a lot to each other. So um, I imagine that's kind of a, a new thing as well. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's a little strange, but <laughs> yeah. it's obviously lovely. But I think, um, you know, what's really important is, um, you know, when young girls or women or whatever age you are, when you start sport, and particularly football, is that, you know, you want to keep, those players for as long as you can so you know an environment in a club that obviously does put um you know the the male and female teams at at, as an equal yeah you don't feel like you're the poor little sister that gets the dregs i think that's really important to um you know maintaining um girls playing the sport and um you know good coaching is obviously really important um to make sure yeah again particularly once you start at such an an amazing addictive game we want to keep um girls in it for as long as they can so that's really important yeah Yeah. now mel um this weekend big game coming up against uh the kangaroos they've got an enormous um percentage what's uh the focus this week yeah so um we will have our wednesday night training we'll we'll probably focus um yeah we'll do our opposition analysis against them um it's pretty handy we could watch their game on the plane on um Oh, yeah. they coming back. So <laughs> yep. I haven't actually seen a lot of their, their football yet this year, so it was good to, um, yeah, have a look at that game. Um, obviously got some really key key players that we'll need to make sure we um, limit their impact as much as possible. But mm. uh, like I said, we're really 
proud and um, excited by the brand of football we're playing. So we want to keep, um, you know, playing our attacking style and taking it to teams. Um, again, you know, that young midfielder, we've been so proud of their ability to, to fight through games. And, um, you know, we've been pretty solid down back, which is good. And, and then a really new and dynamic forward line, which has been awesome mm. to watch. Yeah, it's been exciting. Starting to click. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, I, I back our best football against any team, so... Mm. Um, bring it on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, last question, just because it is um, a home game, what's the atmosphere like at GMHBA? And, you know, for people who might not have got down to a Geelong game yet, can you just give them a bit of a sense of what the vibe's like at a, at a local home AFLW uh, game? It's amazing. I think um, we obviously haven't... I don't think we've played a, a Victorian team at Geelong yet, so we've mm, yep. fairly um, cat-spiced. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think um, against Adelaide, there was only... Maybe like five thousand there, but it felt like about twenty five thousand when yeah. our calls were being made towards the end of the, the last quarter. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. I think I've never really experienced a, a crowd that kind of vocal before. So yeah, um, hopefully, being a Friday night game, yeah, there'll be a, bit, a few more come along. And um, again, you know, with a Victorian based team, there might be a few more. Um, people that come up the highway. So mm. people listening and got nothing to do Friday night. Head on down to. Team HBA will hopefully put on a good show. Oh, I think Kirsty will be there. I'll you, be mate? there. I was there. I was at the first game and I was in the stands crying. I'm like, this is, I can't believe Geelong has a team. This is the greatest <laughs> moment of my life. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, good luck and thank you so much for uh, coming back to Triple R and Kick Like a Girl. No worries at all. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Mel. Thanks, Mel. See you soon. All right, it's been another big week of AFLW action. Huge Kirstie. week. Yep. Kicked off on Friday night with the Geelong win. It did, and it was a great win. So we've got a back-to-back win now after um, getting 20 points over the Gold Coast Suns on the weekend. And uh, there's a few key players. It was so exciting to see all the forwards coming together that we were just talking about with Mel. Um, The forward line's getting pretty exciting. Yes. Well, Rocky kicked a nice snap. That was (laughs) just on the siren, I think, at three-quarter time. Yep. It was a good win, especially because it was up in uh, far north Queensland, Mackay. So it was not not really – they had to travel a long way and it was very humid conditions. So it was an impressive win by the Cats. It was a very impressive win, yep, considering Gold Coast will probably be a little bit more used to the heat. Yeah, exactly. And it's – well, the Cats are now, I think, just the one game outside – the top three, which means finals uh, pole position for the top three performers in their conference. Yeah. You feeling confident? Oh, North's playing pretty well. They looked pretty good on the weekend, but of course Geelong are going to win. Okay. <laughs> we'll say about that. <laughs> yes, they are indeed on eight points, just one game astray from GWS, but the percentage is not looking that good. They're on 97.9. No, they're going to have to have kick quite a few goals in front to to get into the finals. Indeed. Uh, and then on Saturday, 7th of March, we had the Kangaroos up against the Crows and the Kangas won by 42 points. Yeah, smashed them. Smashed them. Uh, smashed them. The Crows had a couple of injuries. Um, so Erin Phillips was out and... Uh, yeah, soreness, yeah. I think she had. Yeah, a bit of soreness from the week before. But wasn't it exciting to see her come out a couple of weeks ago? Oh, God, it's just, yeah, yeah. she's uh, next level sometimes in terms of her skill. But, yeah, the Kenga's now on 209, their percentage. Yeah, so huge. they've won the four games out of five and playing, obviously, the Cats next weekend. But a bit worried about Adelaide, actually. Yeah. They're only on the two wins, so equal with Geelong, but their percentage is poorer. So... Could it be that we've 
finally seen a demise in the crow's form. Yep. <laughs> um, I think so. I, you know, it's um, we're kind of talking about Brisbane and the Crows as well, kind of losing form um, this year. But, you know, people have been having a, a bit more of a go at Brisbane. But I think the Crows, um, having Aaron Phillips out last year uh, or last season, um, kind of made them all stand up a bit. But the injuries, they just weren't looking good. And But North are just looking so powerful as well. So it was hard to kind of tell how good the Crows were doing because North was just such a powerhouse on the weekend. Yes, that's an, a second big win in a row. They had a huge win over the Tigers. Speaking of the Tigers, they went down, scored only the one goal by 45 points to GWS, 7-14-56 to 1-5-11. What did you make of this one? Yeah, um, it was an okay game to watch. I think um, the Tigers don't look awful. Um, They're just kind of not coming together, I guess. They've got a couple of star players, uh, you know, with Sabrina and um, and they're they're just – they're a young side and they need to kind of learn Mm. to play together. Mm. Well, Katie Brennan was out with uh, concussion as well. Just – yeah, I'm just not sure about how well coached they are. I don't think they look like they're gelling in terms right. of a clear game plan. I mean, if you compare that to something like Carlton, I think Harford's really, his game plans really came come through this season. Yeah. And I just, I can't actually pinpoint what Richmond's game plan is at this point. No, um, it seemed like it was in GWS's forward line quite a bit and the Tigers were just struggling to get it out of there. But then when they were getting it out of there, they weren't really moving it anywhere. So it was kind of just being hovered around. Mm, lots of turnovers through the middle. But the Giants are now in third spot in Conference A, 123 percentage. So it could be their first year of finals, but without Fridge. It doesn't feel fair. I know. I look, they looked pretty good on the weekend, and I think they've played a couple of good games. Um, I think they're looking like they're really getting their, their stride on. I love listening to Fridge commentate too, by the way. I think yeah. she, she's awesome, but she just she keeps slipping up with the we this, we that. She just, <laughs> she just hasn't. And she went for Richmond. She really said, yeah, that there were a few players that could ha- hold their heads up high but no one else. And, yeah, it was interesting. I loved it. Awesome. Uh, then we had uh, Carlton, too good for St Kilda, The scoreline didn't really reflect how close this contest was, I thought, at Icon Park on Saturday Mm. night. 21 points to the Blues in the end. Yeah. Um, It was a great game. I went down to to the game down Mm. at Icon Park and they had had whole hip orange flags out um, for the domestic violence, raising awareness for domestic violence. There was a heap of orange flags going out in the crowd, which was good to see. Carlton Respects campaign. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I think St Kilda played really well. I think they still... Um, yeah, it doesn't reflect the score. You're right, it doesn't reflect because they played they played really well. Although Carton was just they're, they're just quite a close team, and they you know been playing for a long time, so they just know how to more experienced team. Uh, yeah, and I th- Karen Harrington played an amazing game actually. I awesome think she, game. I think she had a hundred percent disposal efficiency maybe halfway through the last quarter. So That's I don't epic. know if she ended on a hundred percent because we can't actually get those stats, which is a bugbear of mine that yeah. we don't get the in depth statistical. Uh, knowledge that we do get with the men's game, but I was very impressed with her game and I thought Chloe Dalton played an excellent game too, went for a nice dash down the wing, which is a highlight. Yeah, Dalton looked great. I, I love that I can always recognise Dalton with a white thing, with a white ribbon in her hair from <laughs> yeah. ages away. It's good to see when I was in the stands because it's harder to see. There's no screen that you can have a look at to hone in on the players. Totally. Um, and Carlton is now uh, keeping Collingwood out of the uh, top three in Conference B. They're on four wins, Collingwood with the three, um, Carlton equal with Melbourne. 
Then on Sunday, the first game was the Collingwood Bulldogs game in Morwell, and Magpies won that pretty comfortably by 32 points, 8 5 to 3-3-21. Thoughts on this one? Yeah, I just wanted to say that Carlton have won four games and they've only lost to Collingwood. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, the Collingwood game, yeah. Uh, the Pies versus the Dogs. Oh, look, Collingwood looked so great and they've got so many good players. You could just, you know, they're more than a handful of good players. Mm. And, you know, the Dogs have been decimated. Um, uh, you know, a lot of their great players have gone to other teams. I think the Dogs looked really flat. They looked like they their energies just didn't lift at any point mm. during the game. And the Pies just didn't stop. They were just attacked the ball from, you know, all four quarters. And it was exciting footy from the Pies. Well, Chloe Malloy was impressive too. Took a nice mark, nice goal without her boot. Did you see that one? <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> yeah, um, would have hurt the foot, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ran into an open goal, no boot. Yeah, got it through. Loved it. Um, yeah, doggies are struggling at the moment, not really sure what they uh, need to do to get their perk back. But yeah, just didn't seem to be attacking the ball with the same sort of ferocity that they did in the first few rounds anyway. Uh, then we had a uh, another big one-sided game. Uh, the Demons won by 59 points over the Eagles. Huge. Ten six sixty six to one one seven. Yeah, thoughts. Oh, um, yeah. The D's again. They've got same as Collingwood. They've got a ripper side. They've got so many good players. You know, and more than a handful of good players. And the West Coast. You know, the they, one they're coming this year and. Um, they didn't score for how many quarters? You know, it's only one goal, one point, which isn't a good... Mm. Yeah, um, not a great return. It was not a great return. and But their, their defence was just under the pump all day, but they just didn't have um, anyone to look for or look to. It was just, you know, there was no... It didn't seem like there was a gameplay. Well, yeah, I thought they um, probably just got over the line against the Bulldogs and I yeah. thought that might be a galvanising win, but... Yeah, just didn't – we're outclassed, I thought, yeah. by Melbourne. Um, exciting to see Perko return. Yeah. She sold some foot candy in the first <laughs> quarter. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that goal right on the oh, siren too. Oh, it was so good. Did you see her interviewed after the game and she said, uh, oh, you know, it's every you know every, little, every um, kid's dream to kick a goal mm. after the siren. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. Loved it. Um, and a big percentage booster for them. I think they're yep. equal on wins with Carlton now, but 214%, which is great because yep. that's what the D's, that's what's cost them a final spot in the first few seasons. So yeah. hopefully it won't be a problem for them this year. And then the final game of the round, we had Frio Brisbane. Dockers got up by 18 points at home. Yeah, um, I thought it was going to be a, a tighter game, to be honest. Mm. Um, I, Frio just thumped them. I mean, they're undefeated and they're just going from strength to strength. Uh, they just all look really fit. The Brisbane the Brisbane played quite well. Um, you know, a couple of their key players really lifted. But across the board, you know, there was a few passengers, I mm. guess. Um, and Freo, you know, they just pumped out four quarters. And Brisbane had a couple of surges. They surged late in the second quarter and they surged um, early in the fourth quarter. Um, but they just didn't play consistently enough. No, and Sabrina Duffy kicked four goals four. I kicked think, an absolute end. bag. Yeah, well, if she had a kicked more accurate, she would have beat um, she would have beat the record of seven goals for a game. But with Brooke Lachlan, yeah, yeah. yes, yep. and they uh, weren't far off. And Kiara Bowers had another enormous tackle count fifteen yeah. for this game. Yeah, well, you know, there's a reason why she's the highest on the AFL fantasy. She's such an epic player. <laughs> I don't. I didn't even know yeah. they were collecting Number AFL one. fantasy because <laughs> they don't play it. So yeah. <laughs> Um, Collecting points still. Yes, just no competition. Mm. 
Anyway, let's uh, move into our voting. But first of all, we need our little audio sting. I declare the winner of the Darren Phillips, the best and fairest. <laughs> makes me laugh every time. Uh, all right, who did your three votes go to? Um, we talking going back to Gold Coast Geelong. Where are we at? No, we're doing across the whole round. Oh. Did you miss the instructions? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, Look, you can give us a three for every game and um, then I can give mine across the round. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, well, if we're going across the whole round, I would have to give it to Carlton um, and I'd have to... Just <laughs> right, notes I can, here. How about I give mine first? Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Let me collect myself. <laughs> um, I actually gave three to Jazzy Garner from the Kangaroos. Oh, yeah. Um, thought she'd been unlucky to miss out on votes in previous rounds. She had 24 disposals, 17 kicks, two goals, two and four tackles. Can't get much better than that. Uh, I actually gave two to Kiara Bowers. I just think her tackling is just next level and that kind of pressure that she brings uh, is a game turner and changer. She had 22 disposals to go along with 15 tackles. I think she was 30 ahead of her nearest rival last round. So she's had an incredibly impressive uh, season from a tackling point of view. And I gave one to Bree Davey. Just thought she had a, by oh, yeah. far her best game for Collingwood. Yep. 30 disposals, yep. 15 kicks, 10 tackles. But I had about 20 apologies. Uh, so maybe let's – are you ready for yours? Yeah. <laughs> I told you, just give us who you gave it each round. Um, I mean, each game. Uh, okay, so I would have to give Sabrina Duffy my three. Yes. Yeah, four goals she, four. Yeah, four goals, four. She just looks so good and she really lifted her side when she was kicking those, pumping them in. Yeah, her team lifted and, and I think that um, can't be underestimated how much, the, how inspiring her game was to her other teammates. And then I am giving... Two points to Chloe Malloy from the Pies. Um, mm. Played a great game. Again, inspiring her team. I think it's um, it's good to see the forwards this mm. year having a little bit more of an influence on the game. I think the last couple of seasons um, it hasn't been so much about the forwards. And this season really, you know, the, the forwards are shining. So um, it was great to see her. And then I'm probably going to give three points to Maddie Prisparkas. Mm-hmm. Um, she looks so exciting out there on, at Icon Park. And I think she, her form is just lifting and lifting. And I just, yeah, she's going to have a great future in footy. She is an incredible player. I, yeah, I thought it was for me between her and Harrington for that yeah. game. Yeah. I think Harrington had 21 disposal, eight marks across half back, four tackles and went at almost 100% disposal efficiency. Um, but, yeah, big apologies to Nina Morrison, 22 yeah. disposal, seven tackles. Jamie Stanton. Oh, Jamie was awesome this season. weekend. Yep. In a losing team, 23 yep. disposals, five tackles. Emma Carney had 26 disposals. Eb Marinoff had 26 and 11 tackles. Cora Staunton kicked four goals for GWS. Just, yeah, could have given it to many a player this weekend. Triple R. All right, without any further ado, let's go into our post-match interviews for this week. So first of all, uh, Casey Simons caught up with Hannah Priest from St Kilda after the game against Carlton and Emily Fox caught up with Nicola Stevens. So we'll play them both for you now. Okay, so I'm here with Hannah Priest and you've just come off the park against Carlton tonight. Obviously not the result you would have hoped for, but talk me through the game and perhaps what the message was after the game from Peter. It was a really exciting game. Um, we've been building so much every week on little things. Um, it was really exciting to have probably our first half is probably the best footy we've, we've put together. Um, we knew Carlton are very established and experienced side, so 
I think, yeah, we've just been building every single week. Um, Peter's message was that she is really proud of what we put out in the park, and it is generally every single week she's really proud of what we've been putting together. It's just really small little finishing touches that we, as an inexperienced side, will get right. Um, it'll come, um, and we just need to be persistent and make sure we're doing all the things that we can to stay in the game. And I think us as fans have really seen that as well each week. You're continually improving and producing really great footy. And like you mentioned, that first half, I mean, as a fan for me, that was so exciting to watch. What was the feeling like in front of the crowd? Like, do you get a lot of energy from the crowd when they're getting excited? How do you play with that? Yeah, it is an awesome experience being out, um, I mean, on Icon today, but even home at Moorabbin is awesome because we have such an awesome fan base and we're so proud to play in front of the secure fans and even having them here tonight we could hear every single one of their cheers which is really ex- um, exciting for us and yeah you're right the, the crowd plays a huge uh, impact probably more so on the momentum of the game so if people are scoring you know goal after goal the re- crowd really get involved which is awesome. Great. And talk to me a little bit about your footy journey. Um, I guess I'm really interested because we both have the same hometown, which is Mildura in northwest Victoria. What's it like going from somewhere like Mildura and then you spend a lot of time in Adelaide and playing netball and now you're at Moorabbin in St Kilda? Talk to us a bit about your journey. Yeah, I've always played uh, netball um, in Mildura growing up. I never really played footy at all. And then I moved to Adelaide uh, to go to uni. Um, Again, didn't play a lot of footy at all. And in the last two seasons of footy um, that I've, I've really enjoyed uh, learning something new um, and also just the open space and the running running game of footy. Um, and then it was just so amazing that I've been picked up by St Kilda and such a um, perfect experience for me um, in the time in my life. And um, moving to Melbourne... I yeah moved there in a heartbeat. I've got lots of good friends here, and although I have obviously really good establishments in Adelaide, but I think coming to Melbourne is such a nice fresh start. And I'm learning every something every single day at St Kilda, whether it's about life experience or learning something about footy or meeting some really cool people. So it's just a really awesome journey that I'm on at the moment. Yeah, fantastic. And what's it like coming into a system like this now under a head coach like Peter Searle, who is just such an amazing woman. She's been in this space for so long and being the only female coach in the AFLW. What's it like to be under her charge? It's really inspiring. Peter's such a um, well-drilled coach and she's inspiring for all of us because she, um, yeah, she's just been a really good role model in terms of taking on the AFL and and AFL women's and taking charge and giving us all empowerment to just do what we love. Um, Peter's so, so experienced and really highly, um, a really high knowledge in in football and we are so lucky to have her um, educating us every single game, every single training. Um, Yeah, and as I said, she's really well drilled and and, and hard on us at times, but that's exactly what we need to be to get better Um, and she does it in all the right manner, so it's awesome to have her. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time and all the best for the rest of the season. No worries. Thanks, Casey. You're with Emily Fox on Triple R Radio for Kick Like a Girl and today we're at the Carlton St Kilda game and I'm chatting with Nicola Stevens. How are you? Good, thank you. We were just chatting about how fast-paced that game was, so I'm pretty knackered right now, but good to come away with a win. You've been in the AFLW for four years now. Uh, you're one of the more seasoned and, and probably elite players in the competition, but have you noticed that the games are getting faster as opposed to what it was four years ago? 
Yeah, I think the main difference since the first year is that when you get possession of the footy, you just have a lot less time to dispose of it. And I think um, there was a moment in that game where that was a, a pretty clear picture for me. And um, I had the footy and got rid of it far too quickly because I just thought someone was right behind me. But that moment in time, I actually had a few extra seconds. But the game is certainly much faster now. And a lot of young kids coming through there with amazing skills as well, which makes the game even faster. So it's awesome. Talking about some of those kids who are coming through, obviously saw Maddie Presparkas put on a show last season, gone to another level this year, but you had Lucy McAvoy coming to the team, um, Charlotte Wilson down back is an absolute beast. Uh, has that energised you guys to have these kids come in and really just lift to the level immediately? Yeah, it really has. It's awesome to have such good coverage throughout the ground as well, like Charlotte Wilson down back, Lucy through the middle or up forward, and she can really play anywhere, and Mad's another one through the middle, Grace through the middle as well. It's just awesome to see these young kids come through and actually be able to put on display what they're, what they're so good at. For the first few years, you were pretty much playing in a key back or rebounding back role, and you were elite at that. You're All-Australian, best and fairest in your first year in the competition, but now you're sneaking forward and having some goals. How does that feel? It's pretty fun, to be honest. Um, I don't know. I think in the VFL season over last year, I just wanted to be able to add another tool to my toolkit. So that was something that I wanted to focus on through the off-season. And I had no idea what I was going to be doing this coming AFL season. So Half said to me in the first few weeks of pre-season, um, you've got three weeks, show me what you've got. And um, he never really moved me back. So I was kind of waiting for that, that um, conversation to, to happen and for him to say, go back and help us out a bit more. But I thought that um, I'd be thrown between forward and back quite a bit, but he's, he's kept me there. And I think I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm finding my feet. It took me a while, but I'm getting there now. Well, how would you describe the way Carlton's playing now? The, is, it, is it all about the transition from the back line, that in and under work in the midfield? What is it about Carlton that's making you so successful right now? Yeah, I think this season's been pretty different to last season. I think we had a more simplistic game plan last year. And I think because we responded to that so well, I think Haas just wanted to challenge us. And he said to us that, you know, you can't be complacent. You've got to keep learning and the game's going to keep evolving. So you need to start learning new tricks and trying different things and you know that was a reflection of last week like we you know we were coming after Adelaide and you know we took control for most of the game and it was really awesome to see to trust in our game plan this year and win the contest and get it on the outside and do so well last week and then this game was completely different this week and just to be able to switch that focus and you know throw another few things in there and to to suit the way St Kilda play and to to get get the game on our terms it's just it's really cool to see us change from week to week and you know take with both hands what half gives us and three weeks left in the season now and a really competitive conference do you have to start feeling like this is almost like the finals now to get to where you were last year and go that one step forward do you have to change your mindset that this is every single game could be an elimination game in a sense yeah I feel like with the length of the season I feel like every game is like that to be honest and you you can't really afford to lose and I think with the loss that we had early it kind of shifted our mindset pretty quickly to just get back on back on the front foot and really just you know compete every game and we actually play every game like it's our last one because you never know what it might come down to percentage it might come down to two percent to make finals in the in the last round and we don't want it to happen and we just kind of just want to give ourselves the best chance to make finals and go go one step further well, right now Carlton is a true joy to watch as a footy aficionado so let's hope that you just keep rolling through and go deep into the finals thank you that's awesome to hear thanks thank you Nicola cheese you're listening to a triple r podcast discover more podcasts from triple r exploring science technology food books social issues politics and more to listen hit up the triple r website or your favorite podcast platform Thank you to Casey Simons and Emily Fox for those interviews with Nicola Stevens from Carlton and before her, Hannah Priest from St Kilda. 
I'm going to now play you our regular segment from Kirby Fenwick Voices from the Stands. But this week we had a very special edition, of course, since we're an AFLW radio show, we normally do uh, footy. But this week, given it was such a special occasion for women in sport in terms of uh, the cricket final, we got along to the MCG and Kirby interviewed fans there about why they were there for the record-breaking T20 World Cup final between Australia and India. Can you tell me your name? Uh, It's Robin. And Robin, we're here at the MCG for the T20 World Cup. What brings you to the cricket today? Mad love of cricket. Um, very much a cricket family. My son's playing in a semi-final right now as we speak. <laughs> so, but I'm here today in particular for the girls. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Go girls. Absolutely. It is International Women's Day. We're hoping to fill the MCG. What do you reckon? Well, I'm bringing seven friends, so I'm, I'm doing my bit. And all of them are girls. <laughs> so um, we, we're doing our best to do that. Yeah, yeah. And who do, who do we think is going to win today? Look, they both deserve to win, don't they, really? Um, Obviously, we'd love to see Australia win, but to be honest, let's have a good game and and go girls, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Agree, agree. (laughs) Can you tell me your name? Capreet. And we are here at the MCG for the T20 World Cup Grand Final. Yeah. What brings you here today? Um, With my cousin and my two and three girls, we want to introduce them to the cricket and International Women's Day, and we thought it was a good time to do it. So we're going with it, yeah? We'll see who was at the end of the night. Someone will be crying, either me or the <laughs> one or the other, yeah? <laughs> Are you a big cricket fan? Yeah, I am. This is the first time we come to women's. I usually do men's, so yeah, it's, it's something different for us. And what's, what's it mean to you to be here today um, on International Women's Day? Yeah, do you know what? It actually means a lot, especially for the girls, to prove to them that, you know what, girl, women can do whatever they want, just to put your mind to it, and we have to be strong. Can you tell me your name? Hi, my name's Sonia. And we're here at the T20 World Cup. What brings you here today? An aeroplane last night. <laughs> and um, now we come down and we actually went to the first game, this India versus Australia at Spotless Stadium um, a couple of weeks ago. So we thought we'd book in and come to the final and watch the same game, but a different result. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully, yes. And it is International Women's Day today yes. and we are aiming to fill the MCG. What do you reckon? How are we going to go? We need more women in sport. We need more recognition, more respect. Women in sport, we're better than the men, so let's fill it and come and watch the game. Fantastic. Can you tell me your name? Anne. And Anne, we're here today at the MCG for the T20 World Cup. What brings you here today? Um, I just really enjoy watching great cricket. I mean, I've been involved in women's cricket for many, many years. I used to manage our state team. I'm from South Australia. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, we've just been watching as much as we can on telly and we decided ages ago to come across to the final regardless of who was in it. And the fact that Australia's made it is just brilliant. So, yeah, Yeah. looking forward to it. What do you love about cricket? Oh, It's a big question, isn't it? Yeah. um, Look, it's a very tactical game. I like the tactics of it. The skill levels are just amazing. And, And certainly having been involved in women's cricket for, well, many, many years now, to see it now rise to this sort of level is just superb, absolutely brilliant. It's just, you know, it warms me greatly that we can now see these women getting the accolades they deserve, absolutely. you know, for being such amazing sportswomen. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm nodding seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, we are hoping to fill the MCG today. 
I what, think, what do you reckon? I think if we could, it would be brilliant. You know, uh, International Women's Day, the huge, what has been a male bastion of sport for many years, if we could fill it, I think it will be brilliant. But regardless of whether we fill it or not, I think the atmosphere is going to be absolutely brilliant. Can you tell me your name? Uh, my name's Rose. And we're here today at the MCG for the, the T20 World Cup Grand Final. What brings you here today? Uh, I think that uh, it's, as Maureen says, it's massive for women's sport. We've uh, come through the ranks of women's cricket playing for over 40 years each and seen the game to progress to where it has and where it deserves to be. We feel proud to be a part of it today. And, I mean, you're a part of the foundation of, of what, we're, what we've got happening here today. Yeah, we never really got any, like Elise Perry says, there was never any recognition. It wasn't talked about. It had a bit of a taboo on it. Um, men didn't really come to see women's sport. But as you can see today, the development of it has been absolutely phenomenal. And I'm, as I said, very proud to be here. You should be. It is International Women's Day. We're yes. hoping to fill the G. That's right. What do you reckon? Yes, I think... Oh, look, to be realistic, 90, I think, is on the cards. Uh, let's hope it's a bit more than that. But whatever the number is today, it's a celebration of women's cricket and women's sport. It's very important. Yes, we got very close to filling the G, 86,000. The world record for a women's sport event is 90,100 and something, I think. But anyway, about 4,000 off we were. Pretty close. Oh, yes, frustrating. But amazing crowd. Still the biggest crowd for a women's cricket match anywhere in the world and a women's sport game in Australia. Yeah, and you went last night, Kate. Yes, I had a great time. Yeah, awesome. It was a great atmosphere. I loved it. Anyway, I'm conscious that we don't have that much time to talk about footy. So, But big thanks to Kirby Fenwick for doing that uh, this weekend. It was, yeah, wonderful atmosphere at the MCG. But it's time for our Darcy Vessio Smash the Patriarchy segment. Smash the Patriarchy! <laughs> <laughs> what uh, caught your eye, pissed you off this weekend, Kirsty? Oh, a few things pissed me off, a few things caught my eye, but the thing that pissed me off the most is because I was coming on today, Kate, I watched every single game on the app. I'm, I usually watch a couple of games every weekend and chrome it to my telly, but um, this weekend I watched every single game on the app and they only start five minutes before the game yeah. and everything's squished in there. I don't know who was out by injury, who was what's who was playing against who yeah. and what was happening before the game and I'm not going to lie, it drove me absolutely bonkers. Yeah, and there's, well, it's sort of, um, it wraps up extremely quickly too. Have you noticed that? It's sort of like they'll be doing an on-field um, post-match interview and it'll be like the credits will kind of start rolling at the bottom, you know, before they've even finished the interview and it's like, that's it. Yeah. So, yeah, big lack of uh, pre-game, post-game analysis, at least if you're streaming off the website. Well, yeah. it's a, it, yeah, but it's still the same game though, isn't it, on the, on the app and the website? Yeah, 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 I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying like the stream through the app slash website at least always has that, you know, broadcast will start soon and yeah. it's like a few minutes yeah, before the game starts yeah. and then it just um, finishes as quickly as it started. Yeah, well, I just, yeah, it's hard to kind of like, I don't know what was happening before the game. It just kind of starts and mm. then you're, okay, well, and then they interview people over the top of the game. <laughs> that drives me batchy. Like, oh. the... Yeah, interviewing players when they're on the bench, yeah. when they're puffing and obviously trying to recover yeah. and got better things to be doing, like focusing on the game. Yeah. <laughs> and 
I've just noticed, like, even we were re-watching the highlights before of Geelong and there were two goals that weren't commentated because yeah. they were just talking Chatting over, over the, the game. Top of it. Yeah, <laughs> particularly at the, on the Geelong game on Friday night. It, yeah. yeah, it was like there was a few times where it was just like, what, guys, the game's on. <laughs> yeah, focus. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear play-by-play. Play. Yeah, I want to hear play-by-play. Play. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, it just feels like we don't give it the same gravitas, does it? No, same kind of attention and especially, you know, making it accessible for people at home. If people can't get to a game and they want to watch the game, mm. of course they want to be able to see everything. Exactly. But you had a uh, favourite commentator from the weekend, didn't I you? I did. Beck Goddard was so great. Oh, she's such a great commentator. But she said something that was in relation to the game and I, I didn't really connect it, but it's also really good for trolls. She said, if you don't know how to cook, don't tell someone how much salt they need on their food. <laughs> And I think I'm going to use that against trolls from never on because, you know, if you're a dude and you've never played footy in your life, what do you know about women's footy? Exactly. Stop giving out advice when (laughs) you've got no experience in the kitchen. Is that what she was saying? God, she comes up with some um, impressive analogies or left field analogies anyway. But, But yeah, it's nice. I I think it's nice to see a good mix, good gender mix in the commentary box at least, Kelly Underwood and... Bet Goddard, I want to see more of them anyway. Yeah, and Sam Lane on the on the ground, it's great. Exactly. Awesome. Um, anything else you want to talk about before we get stuck into our preview for next week? Oh yeah, um, nah. heaps, but nah, <laughs> we don't have time. Too bad. And we've got another big week, round six coming up. I can't believe it. It's almost the end of the season. Oh, I know. It just goes so fast, doesn't it? Yeah, got three games to go, which is one more than last season. Well, exactly. And then three weeks of finals at least, so it's um, drawing it out a bit longer. Uh, The first game is the Geelong Kangaroos game at GMHBA. Will you be there? Yeah, I'll be down there on Friday night down at Cat Park. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I heard some whispers that uh, the game is also dedicated to raising awareness for endometriosis. That's all kinds of rad. So you may see a giant endometrium. Look out for it at GMHBA. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) More on that next week. Um, Do we need to get your tip on this game? Oh, do we, Kate? No, Geelong by 100. Um, (laughs) No, I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, Geelong's, you know, coming off the back of a couple of wins and they're looking more confident and they're looking more together. And and North's just playing so well. I think it's going to be a great game down there. You know, I think that the Cats crowd will will lift the Cats team and um, I think it'll be pretty competitive. Yeah, I think the kangaroos are going to win. <laughs> I did like what Mel said, though. She's like, nothing's turned around. We're just starting to win. Yeah. It's not like, you know, nothing's changed. Yeah. We're, we're still committed to our game plan and our footy. But, yeah, no, they will need to keep an eye on particularly the midfield brigade at, at North, I would say. Uh, then Saturday, the 14th of March, we have Brisbane v Collingwood. Tips? Thoughts? Um, I think Collingwood are going to smash Brisbane. Why? Um, oh, Collingwood just looks so good on the weekend and they've just looked so good in the last couple of weeks and they've got so many people playing at their best. They've got five or six players who are all lifted their game, especially on the weekend. And I think Brisbane, are, you know, they've had been flat um, last hey. week. And, yeah, I, look, I think Collingwood against Ashram, yeah. Brisbane have had an excellent season. Yeah, I think they've had a great season. <laughs> Three wins and a draw from five. Yeah. Second on the ladder. Yeah. Yeah, nah. Okay. <laughs> I'll see you next week, Kate. <laughs> I'm going for Brisbane. Um, that's a cross-conference game too, in case you're confused. St Kilda, Richmond oh, yeah. at yeah, Moorabbin. Yeah. Yep. Oh, sorry, yeah. Um, oh, St Kilda, I think. You know, Tigers haven't won. Um, and, yeah, St Kilda are looking pretty good. Yeah, I'm 
incredibly impressed um, with the Saints. Patrikios is my new favourite player. I think she'll be the next, you know, Maddie Presparkis wins a rising star, goes on to maybe win the best and fairest. That's how highly I rate her. I think she could should have gone number one this year. And, yeah, hard to see where the Tigers' next win's going to come from, to be honest. Uh, Melbourne, Carlton. This one's in Alice Springs, 7.40. It is, yeah. It's the first time that Melbourne will have played out of outside of Victoria. In so this season? In this season, yeah. Incredible. So, yeah, we'll see how they go up there having to travel. Casey so many Fields other teams have to do. does sort of feel like it's outside of Victoria <laughs> sometimes, I have to say. I think I've had a dig yeah. at Casey Fields every week from, <laughs> since we started, but it's just so bloody far away. Um, Blown yeah. people over the border from the wind. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sunday, Doggies Fremantle at VU Whitnoval. Oh, yeah, look, Frio's playing so well. I would really like to see the doggies lift this week. I just just in their um, in their work rate. I'm hoping I get to see that. Yes, um, but yeah, I think Frio will win by quite a margin. Be nice to see our mate Nell Morris Dalton get a debut. She hasn't she hasn't made the senior side yet. We yeah, had her on first week of this show. I'd like to see her get it, get her chance now that the doggies have dropped a few games. Think they could do with an injection of youth and uh, talent. Right, Crows Giants three ten. Um, oh, the Giants! I think the Giants. I mean, it's playing. At, it's being played at Mineral Resources Park. No, that's the next game. This is at High Sense in Adelaide. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoa. Um, oh, sorry, Adelaide Giants. Yes. Oh, um, oh, I reckon this will be a good game. I would be interested to see how Adelaide's going to come off as of last week, and the Giants have been looking okay. Mm. It might be. Yeah, it might be a good game. Hmm, I'm backing the Crows, I think, to bounce back at this one. Yeah, I'm going to back the Giants. All right, we've pretty much tipped opposite the whole way except against my Bulldogs. Um, And the last game is the Battle of the Expansion Teams, the Eagles and the Suns at Mineral Resources Park. (laughs) (laughs) Stole our thunder there. Yeah, well, Soz. Yeah, uh, look, I'm going to go for the Suns. Yeah. I hope hope to see the Eagles playing a little bit more... um, communicating a bit more on the ground and lifting the game a bit. Yes. Um, that is another cross-conference game too. Yeah. Uh, we haven't got very long left, so we might as well wrap up. Big thank you to you, Kirsty, for coming on again. Oh, thanks for having me on, Kate. I was pretty stoked to and nervous to talk to Mel McGee. That's my greatest hero, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, she said it was a bit strange, people <laughs> calling me their hero, but that's all right, yeah. you can do that. Yeah. She's off the phone now, so you're all right. Um, big thanks, yeah, to the Geelong Cats for uh, their access to Captain Mel Hickey. As always, Kirby Fenwick for Voices from the Stands this week from the Cricket. Uh, Emily Fox and Casey Simons, big thanks to their post-match interviews as well as Carlton and St Kilda for allowing us in. This is presenter Kate O'Halloran. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Kick Like a Girl, a weekly radio show that airs on Triple R during the AFLW season. We hope you've enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Kick Like a Girl Facebook page, Twitter or website. <laughs>